commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the doomed seas of Tatooine, I'm Grass Combat and you're listening to Core World News, your trusted all-net news service providing in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now the news segment rundown for January 30th, 2022. The book report of Boba Fett. But Fett, this news. Thank you very much, Grex. Yeah. Uh, welcome everyone to another week of Core news hello adam and grant hope y'all doing good good to see you again um firstly i just want to apologize for a delayed release here this week because we try to get out a little sooner than this we had uh, one of our communications relays swallowed by a suma verminoth uh all is well now though so uh we're back um so <laughs> thanks for uh staying with us and this is going to be an amazing episode i'm so in love with episode five return of the mandalorian um that i could almost explode uh but first as as greg said we uh we do have some news uh some video game news which of course we're all about the video games at a recent respawn announcement they announced uh three new star Wars, three star wars games in development um and I know like uh, one was like a first person game. Another was an uh, or one was a single player game. One is a first person shooter. And the other one is like a strategy game. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm looking at Grant's eyes and I know he can probably say this a lot better than I can. Um, Grant, what did you hear? Uh, I mean, we know that Respawn's working on, I think, three games. Yeah. You know, the Fallen Order 2 is going to come out. It won't yeah, be called Fallen Order. I think it'll be Jedi. Player. I think it'll be a different Star Wars Jedi game. I think the title might be different from. Yes. I don't think it'll be Fallen Order Two per se. I think it might be a get a different title. Um, but we'll probably get Cal Kestis or. Um, yeah, Nira I think it'll or, definitely be a continuation of that story. I think it's just Fallen mm-hmm. Order spe- speaks to a specific thing, right. you know. So yeah. yeah. Um, so that one's going to be awesome, fantastic. And then also Star Wars Eclipse, which we just saw the cinematic trailer for, which was yeah. phenomenal, I yeah. think. Coming to you in 2027. Yeah. I have to think that's going to deal with the duality, like good and bad, like the ultimate almost KOTOR, like choice-driven story, you know? Like yeah. Eclipse, like, you know, the Im- imagery of an eclipse. I don't know. Just yeah, a, that game looks that game looks amazing. looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but we're talking about respawn, right? So Eclipse is going to be a different um, developer, right? Yeah, I can't remember the name of that that developer, but I know they did like the Heavy Rain series and a couple other things. Right. But yeah, right. Um, but yeah. So, uh, any thoughts on the other two? So one, there's a first person shooter, which I thought was interesting, um, yeah. and then a strategy game. Yeah, any, so the strategy guesses? game. That'll be fun because I know a lot of us loves Galaxy of Heroes or the some of the older strategy games. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys played some of the RTS, like the Star Wars RTS games. Yeah, uh, I, I love RTS games. I used to play. Uh, what were they called? Were that the original Battlefront were RTS or was it something else? Say. I think the yeah. original Battlefronts were the RTS, but I could be wrong. Right. So IGN's reporting that the strategy game is going to be with Respawn and Bit, Bit Reactor. Um, All right, what do we know about Bit Reactor? Crickets. <laughs> um, Eclipse is going to be Quantic Dream. That was the one we couldn't think of the name. Ah, there you go. 
uh, what was it? Was it Empire at War? Galactic Battlegrounds and Galactic Empire, Battlegrounds. Empire yeah. at War. Those are the two I'm thinking of that I played. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Empire at War was phenomenal. Yes, I uh, remember that game fondly now. So yeah, so I, I love another game like that. I'm going to, I, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll want to, you know, I'll definitely throw down for that. That will be great. I love RTS love games and like they were my bread and butter for about like three, four years of my life. Like I remember all of those games like Command and Conquer and you got your Starcraft and all that stuff. But it's it'd be interesting to revisit that with some, you know, 2022 or 2023 mechanics. First person yeah. shooter game sounds interesting, too. I mean, what are you thinking for that, uh, Ben, as a fan of the previous Battlefront games? Uh, I'm wondering if it's not Battlefront first 3. Person. Yeah, I'm wondering mm -hmm. if it's not Battlefront 3, even though Respawn is, like, subcontracted by EA, right? I think for this, or they... I don't know if they're operating on their own, but at DICE, I'm over, and I think the gaming community is kind of done with DICE. Yeah. And, um, especially since 2042 and all that stuff. Uh, but, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they just gave all the, like, materials to Respawn and were like, do what you can with this. Um, and then they just start growing it. But I don't know. That's that. I mean, that's one. The other thing would be uh, probably a bounty hunter. Yeah, uh, I, think, yeah. I think it would be a halo like right with like yeah. jetpacks and grapple hooks right. and flamethrowers and market and economy. And yep. And you kit yeah. yourself. It's everything super customizable. And so yeah, you yeah. turn yourself into whatever you really know bounty hunter you want to be shooting controls like. Bungie for 20 bucks you can buy a full like a uh, beskar like outfit and become a mandalorian or something they have done some interesting re-releases on like switch and some of the other and some like uh microsoft and one of the ones they re-released just last year was republic commando oh really right yeah, yeah. and so part of me is like i wonder if we're gonna get something like that right where exactly what you're explaining what you're talking yeah. about i also wouldn't be surprised like you said ben maybe we get battlefront 3 but not called battlefront 3 Right, because maybe they want to wash their hands a little bit of that, right. but it'll be the same thing, pretty much, you know. Maybe, maybe we'll see. It would be fun to do a Clone Wars game where it's just called the Clone Wars and we you do every battle, yeah, campaign Star Wars history nuts who love the every you know, all the campaigns within the Clone Wars that comprise the Clone Wars. Like, I think people would yeah. love that game. I have to say so on Battlefront big... 2, yes, yeah. just real quick, Adam, sorry. On no, Battle go for it. 2, no, no, no. Uh, the Clone Wars uh, era is by far the most popular yeah. uh, uh, era to play. I was going to say, I know you've talked about that, so I wouldn't be surprised if they get a Clone Wars game in there. And that really just makes a ton of sense because although there's an entire series called the Clone Wars, it's this giant thing where you can still tell so many stories. My idea may come from... The fact that for my birthday, my wife took me to Barnes and Noble, basically not to name drop a, a thing, but we were the local, the closest one to where we were, where we were, closest thing where we were living, and just said like, or we were staying, it was just like, go, we're gonna go pick out a board game, <laughs> and then <laughs> play it. So that's like that's perfect, uh, that's a perfect yeah. birthday present for Adam. Uh, we bought it, and then we ended up watching a TV show and not playing it. But it sounds great, uh, whatever game we got, but <laughs> which happens most nights. Um, but part of me is like, what, one of the games we saw for sale was Risk. And I yeah. played a lot of Risk when I was oh, Me too. Kid. I love me some Risk. Yeah, it's been a long time, but I remember loving that game. And so part of me is like, what if you were to do that on a, 
within a video game, which is similar to a lot of the RTS stuff. So it might be like a crossover between this, but in terms of like, it's not like you just take over something that you actually try to campaign out the yeah. Clone Wars as either the yeah, and if they separatists made, and then yeah. you actually have to fight the battles, right? And yeah. if they made like these Stellaris of, of Star Wars games, like the civilization, the like, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a, kind of like multi-system, multi-layered, uh, very expansive, you know, broad scope RTS like strategy game, like where you are you're doing diplomacy across interplanet interplanetary diplomacy. Mm-hmm. You're sending you know people out to ex- you know talk to people, and then you might take over a planet. You might expand your territory. Like that would be a crazy game, honestly. Yeah. You could play any you know culture in the galaxy and expand from there. That would be, I think, the ultimate game for people who just love the galaxy and like yeah. want to explore all the regions of the galaxy and see how the cultures differ and how they interrelate yeah yeah well we've got ubisoft creating an open world right quote unquote yeah. star wars game but for star wars i would hope it's open galaxy um yeah but i used to play like mlb the show was one of my favorite games because like you could play a single player's career through their entire life so i probably played like I don't know, 3,000 baseball games with this one character. Because you could just, it is a cool thing where you just fast forward the game to whatever. It's a full career, man. Yeah. And I did it and like, was like, and you could negotiate salaries and do all this stuff. So, you know me, I was all about the nerdy stuff behind the scenes. But like, why can't you do that with a, a strategy game where it's just like, you're going to start this campaign? It's probably going to take you, I don't know, 500 hours. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's like a long term. Like you just, and it's going to be different every time you start that campaign. Right. Cause you may yeah. be able to win this one and not that one. And then it just changes. So I don't know. There's something there. I mean, you're talking about a galaxy. Yeah. The important thing is that we're now seeing other uh, developers than EA. Um, there's interesting yep. styles of games. There's many styles of games for many people. I'm looking at a list of eight games right now that are coming out. Um, and that's the way it should be. There should always be, you know, they're, you know, they're not all console games or whatever, but they're, um, games that are here for a lot of different audiences. And this is how it should be for star Wars. It's a fun galaxy to experience. And I know people like me are starved to be in it more and do more things. I'm still playing battlefront too. Um, you know, after all, I think after, after discussing this most recent episode of Mandalorian, I think a lot of us want. A sort of like ship mm-hmm. crafting, mm-hmm. starship, mm-hmm. garage sort of yeah. customization game of some kind. Yeah, I think that's I mean, the next step. You got to like massive customization, build your own character, your own like style of player. Like, are you a scoundrel? Are you a droid? Are you a yep. Jedi? Are you a Mandalorian or a bounty hunter or a villain? Or Yeah, that's actually a fantastic game design right there is just yeah. like forza but it's star wars with starships and you go to like a yep. few different planets and it's just a very well like high fidelity um you know yeah. beautifully rendered uh cityscapes then you're you're basically in bustling you know lively yeah. npcs moving around below and then uh creatures and whatnot and the dune sea and then you're just flying over like that would be yeah i'd play the heck out game. of that game I mean, oh, I, is, again, yeah. if, and you if just if customize your speeder. Customize yeah. Your yeah. And there's no fighting. Maybe there's like no fighting, basically. Yeah. If you're playing uh, Core World News Bingo, you can get the square. Adam talks about Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> because what? A, and that was the old, not the not the mobile game, but the old MM 
uh, RPG, MMORPG game. But one of my favorite things is towards the latter half of that game's existence, they brought in starships. And I got a Nabubian like <laughs> something. <laughs> the fact that you just called it a Nabubian. Nabubian? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's that's the correct way to say that. Um, but it was a Nabubian, but a Nabubian. No, no, that's Nabubian. <laughs> There was, um, that was a meeting at like Skywalker. I know. Yeah, they're like, we're, we're what are it. they? They're like Nubians, Nubian. and they're like, nope, can't no. say that. Nubians. <laughs> but I got me. A, it was a. It was like the same design, but it was a. It was like a this giant ship, and in the game you could have a home, like like you would gather so many things from raids and stuff, and you could have a home on a planet. But I decided to make that starship my home because it had a giant room in the middle of it. So oh I just kept gosh. getting stuff and like furnishing this thing. And I would just sit there literally just floating above Tatooine, staring at Tatooine, looking at all of the things I gathered from like this thing. It was that's like it's, Animal Crossing Star Wars. Also yeah, an awesome it, idea. It, it, I, that's the thing is like <laughs> I would love a game like that, right, where it's all about yeah. like just gathering like trinkets and random stuff and furnishing a home and just like and it, what was great about the game is you would just I would just sit there. And every so often the klaxons would go off because like, you know, some Yahoo would be <laughs> would come up into my space and start blasting away. But the thing was a tank. So I would just have time to like leisurely stroll up to the cockpit. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Turn around and blow yep. it out of its like star yep. system. Yeah. And then raid whatever he dropped. And, you know, it was great. That sounds like a blast. That sounds like a blast. I'm in. I'm in. It could be like GTA where you get like a star system. And like if it's in the galactic during the time of the galactic empire, it's like ties will just form it form behind you and then you know chase you you know across across the stars and then if like you get five stars it's like a star destroyer pops like appears like that yeah would be. i really want my own star <laughs> yeah, destroyer that's what i want more than mm-hmm. totally um that Strong would be super fun so anyways we're hopeful again we're dreaming about uh, Star Wars games, and I'm sure y'all are too. Um, it's about time. Make it rain, Star Wars. Yeah. If you could find the rant, Ben, that you went on like two years ago, you should put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what you you're getting. What you ranted for. Exactly. Yeah. More games. Yeah. Like, give us more games. Right. <laughs> Why don't you make all of the games? And that's the other thing I want to say, and then I, we can leave it alone. Is that they don't all have to be AAA games, right? They can all be right. varying levels of games. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. quantity over quality, actually, with Star Wars, I think. Just, like, give yeah. us fun little games. Like, it's fine. It doesn't need yeah. to be the greatest game of all time. Like, Because, I every... mean, EA tried that, and they missed. But Respawn yeah. did a great job with Fallen Order 2. That gave me right. everything I'd ever want out of a stupid Star Wars Which is game. perfect. Every three or four years, you drop a AAA game. And then between those, you sprinkle in some of these all other ones that are just fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in summation... Um, we spawn three more games. Let's do this. And now, the Fistful of Beskar. For the thrust who's engaged. Oh my god, I can't wait for this. Right. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Here we go. Everyone ready? Yep. All right, once again, we're reporting on the book of Boba Fett. This time it's chapter five, The Return of the Mandalorian. A lot there in the title. Uh, let's just say that uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, I just want to give a massive shout out to Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. before we get into the episode because yes. we'll give do it again. Give her a movie. Give yeah. her a movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is Which 
I just want to say, and I don't mean this is like, you know, praising or, you know, <laughs> fate praise, but like, I, I think one of her first episodes was my, one of my least favorite episodes in the first season of the Mandalorian. And I don't think because of her directing style, I think it was more of the, the content of it. Right. But to then like, I, there are some things in this episode that we'll hit on that were like, I, I can't believe what she did with the t- budget of a television. Like there are things that stack up here against all of the star Wars movies, but we'll, we'll Absolutely. talk more. Yeah. I mean, just her handling of, you know, all these, these elements was just beautiful. And, um, it was indulgent in all the best ways and reverential and like it was just a lot of reverence to the prequels, which was kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not expect that <laughs> coming our way. And right. uh, we just got like a couple helpings of uh, Phantom Menace just like yeah. on play. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So, um, yeah, she was amazing. Episodes. I mean, so I mean, we'll get into this. I, I this is the best star wars i've seen in a really long time i i enjoy it It was like neapolitan ice cream except it's just chocolate and vanilla and the chocolate is the uh mythology lore bomb spectacular and then the vanilla is just like the grimiest introspection of starship craftsmanship that there possibly could be Yeah, um, and the it, strawberry was the was book great. of Boba Fett, and there was just a tiny little piece of it in there. <laughs> just a piece yeah. of it. They messed I, up on this. Yeah, I welcome this Mandalorian side story. Yeah, like, in the yeah. Middle yeah. Of oh yeah, Boba Fett. Mainly because I feel like the armor is hinting directly at Boba Fett in this yeah. episode. At, at one point, she yes. is, hmm. brings up yes the, the mythosaur and how it's yeah. just something of legend and. It to me, it's just like that's almost it's too uncanny that Boba Fett is now risen. Yeah, you know. I want to good. Yo, that's right. Like he has risen yeah, from the he grave. Has risen. He's been yeah. reborn. Ooh. I mean, yeah. We never get any explanation of. He has two logos. One's like a leaf on his uh, front right chest. Right. And, and uh, then he has the mythosaur on his left shoulder pauldron. And like yeah. we never find out why he has that there. No. Uh, but now that we know things about clan insignias the mythosaur clan would be a pretty tough clan seeing that yeah. i think that that beast has been extinct for a while allegedly allegedly um i i will say about the side story thing a couple of things one um this is uh this shows that they're going for this being premiere television right because any premiere tv show if it knows what's doing has a side story story in the middle of its season right they all do it now like <laughs> yes. where you just you just follow another character which i was all about i had a very stressful and weird week so this dream the first time i watched this episode on my own i felt like a, i felt like i was a fever dream like right. really did like i i woke up the next day going no that didn't happen that was just a dream that was weird that didn't really happen um, the other thing is that we know based on Kathleen Kennedy's like investor meeting last year, the year before that yeah. this is a universe that they're planning on all of this, this, these two shows in Ahsoka coming together to a giant event. Right. And this is how you do that. Yeah. Right. You start, you start overlapping the worlds. Yeah. I, I, I wonder about it. What were you going to say, Grant? No, I just have to think that Boba Fett is going to be involved with the Mandalorians in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, because he did interact with Bo-Katan and um, her her group uh, initially, so he they he might then you know again right circle around and confront them again. So it's I don't know. It seems like it could happen. 
Definitely. Should we get into it chronologically and then we can do our deep dives? I feel like yeah. I just yeah, want to give this absolutely. conversation some organization because it was such an amazing episode. I want to go through it blow by blow. Um, so great. Uh, we so, so, I mean, we had our suspicions right last week. They played the Mandalorian theme when she's, you know, Fennec Chan's talking about finding muscle. And uh, sure enough, it, <laughs> it didn't even take, you know, more than 10 seconds we're in a Clatoonian slaughterhouse on some sort of ring space station. And uh, yep. yeah, Mando comes through the door. It was such yeah. a great entrance, such a classic entrance. Yeah, totally. And Rat, a good, but... good, quick fake out. Yeah. Right. It, it was it was it was fun. Yeah. You can tell it was a Mandalorian, but you saw the spear and like yep. in shadow and you're like, oh, OK, here we go. Here we go. It's on. And then we get the like. And, uh, and you're back into it. But I really felt like this. So this is definitely a Mandalorian episode. Yes. And yeah. You can tell like there was like, it's interesting how you don't really know where the Mandalorian ends and the uh, book of Boba Fett begins. However, there is a pacing difference. Yeah. Into it. And it this felt, was definitely paced like yep. a Boba Fett episode. Absolutely. Right? It, was. it felt like yeah. Mando episode one, like uh, just a darker Western yeah. version of Mando. Uh, but it also had goofy moments in it that are similar to the goofy moments they like to do in Book of Boba Fett. Like you have him riding a bus. He's basically taking a Peter yeah. Pan bus to Tatooine. Yeah. And like it's amazing. And that's pretty goofy. <laughs> it's pretty goofy. There's it's really goofy. goofy. Dude, yeah. the airport gag yep. with the yeah. weapons. Yeah. That was like 80s like high comedy. Yeah. Um, and it but, made me really nervous and uneasy, uh, but it was great. I was all, all for it. But you're absolutely right, Grant. Like that opening scene is probably the darkest scene we've seen the Mando involved in. Yeah. Yeah. People will get cut in half. <laughs> a while. Yeah. And then wow. beheaded. And then beheaded. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it was great. Yeah, again, again, for listeners, this was an episode where I the mean, Mandalorian is the main character featured. Like it's yes. Boba Fett's not in sight, it's just Mandalorian. Yeah. And then. He just he just destroys this gangster and like his uh you know lackeys around yeah. him. Yeah. I mean uh, let's we get let's the classic it. line. Pretty gross. Yeah, no, go for it. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, that I mean that was the high point for me is like the Clatoonian is gesturing at the money on the table. He's like, Well, why don't we discuss our options? And he's like, You won't be like options and he gives you like I can bring you in warm or bring you in cold. And like I never thought of that as like a classic line, but I lost my mind when he said that. Yeah, that's clearly his catchphrase. He uses that every time when he's running it. When <laughs> I he's, saw when that Seinfeld game where Jerry's like, "What's he doing over there?" And it's like, "He's gonna." He said he's gonna. He's gonna bring him in cold, Jerry. That <laughs> 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 oh, got me so good. Yeah. I think I, the other thing, kind of like big picture, is I I could have sworn I remember hearing that this season was gonna be six episodes long, and then going, "All right, so they're doing a shorter, kind of bigger thing." than the than the mandalorian and then suddenly i it was like oh no it's seven episodes long so this explains why this series season's seven episodes long because because john Favreau just said oh can we squeeze in an episode of the mandalorian in the middle of this thing i guess i mean it works perfectly with the oh, story it, does. It, it it works absolutely but, but yeah. yeah they answered all of the questions like essentially all the questions that yeah. i had at the end of season two of the so Mandalorian. we won an episode of the book of Boba fett yeah. So what I love about Mandalorian is he feels like this this sort of this uh, 
this idol that we can like spend time with and stroll with and like actually yeah. breathe with where we actually like follow this character in long takes like they're not wonders per se but we do just like spend more yeah. time just following the they're, character there's uh, a really impressive other wonder. characters yeah he seems like a central f f uh, figure of uh, in the live action. Just the photography of it all, just because of his armor, and just I think just yeah, the origins of the volume and all that kind of stuff. And so in this episode, it it you know again we get that where we're following him, you know, taking an elevator. You hear like this incredible club music. At yes, where, oh, so like, good, dude. I'm the glad music you is that. unreal in this episode. So unreal the music is unreal. The, uh, first I want of all, the to background to that all is the time. unreal. He's in a ring city in this episode. It's it's so breathtaking. It is just I'm I'm so glad we're we're away from Tatooine and kind of the sand, and we're now you know in space. Uh, it's it's nice to get a different back backdrop. Um, yeah, I hope to travel more with Boba as well later because I, right, guessing he's going to travel. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that space was awesome. You saw the, you felt like you were, you knew that space station, like by the back of your yeah. yeah, that, but that one shot or fake one shot, but it was a long shot where he yeah. up the turbo lift goes in. Yeah, Mas that's one of the shots I was like masterfully done. But that that bar, that would be the first bar in Star Wars where I was just like. I'd want to drink at that bar. I'd drink at that bar. I yeah, would totally sure. drink at that bar. And I would like, I would drink at any Star Wars bar because to be in Star Wars, but in like reality, I'm like, yeah, I would do that. That seems, that seems exactly kind of my speed. The music was lit. That gone. Yeah. yeah. I would listen and to the, that. The it's the best Star Wars like music. Crime Lord with yeah. her yes. friends around the table. Uh, She's a guild shot, minister, like actually. Perfectly centered, but you see the ring city, like a lineup behind Mando. It was just like a, it was just gorgeously blocked out. Like, Again, Bryce Dallas Howard just crushing with the blocking and just the photography and just the, I don't know, feeling it out. Like, it, it was perfectly shot. And, like, there's just the swag, like, the drip on Mando in this episode just, like, off the charts, just, like, walking around. Just, like, I haven't I haven't seen a character walk like, or walk around like that since Mace Windu in the prequels. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. The other thing that I thought was fascinating is that I was watching this opening scene, and you just see him collecting a bounty. You don't know why he's doing it. Right. And so I was just like, oh, he's just lost. Like my first impression was, oh, we're going to get this this story that doesn't tell us any movement in his story. He's just now he's lost his him. ward. He's just going back to doing what he does. And then, oh, no, <laughs> this whole episode is about moving his story forward again in an episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Right. We're moving a major character forward, story right, right. forward majorly. Just Right, because he goes into this like sub sub layer sub basement of the facility, and he finds like a door, and he finds the neon symbol. Like he looks at like his hollow readout of the door, and it's he's, you see he sees this like sigil of the mythosaur. Mm -hmm. Goes inside, and then we see like this spectacular shot of just like a starscape. Oh, and it's amazing. Um, like catwalks, and then this kind of a, what feels like a star. Um, Star Destroyer bridge, but it's just like this catwalk that just leads to the stars, and you see the armor just like kneeling at the end. What did you guys think when you first saw that shot? Like it was obviously out of focus. Um, it's sort of soft focused initially, and then it kind of it slowly reveals. I mean, honestly, my first thought was, and I'm not even joking, was Ben must be losing his mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I don't know why you guys think that, but I'm glad you're thinking of me. Right. Yeah, like that that scene sucked all the breath out of my yeah. lungs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I was just like in awe. I was there again. Like I was like, you know, five year old well, years old watching say, New Hope for the first time. Like that. We should, that, we should say he does hobble there because yeah. he's cut himself like his thigh, uh, swinging the dark saber around, killing those Klesunian gangsters. Yeah, he, he cuts himself, which is yeah, like yeah. I've always wanted to see that. It's like those are dangerous, man. And they finally mm -hmm. they did that in live action, which is like such a cool beat to like pull. Yeah. Which you guys awesome because you see him like win it and it's just like, no, I, at the end of, of the Mandalorian, he's like, no, I don't really want this. Here, you take it. And the next time we see him, he's just like, well, it's just another weapon I have, another tool I have. I'm yeah. going to use it. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a great. So choice. he's injured and he goes there and then. Uh, when he arrives, he kind of falls down that last step, and she's like, "Tend to him." And then you realize it's the armor, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you're you're, you're amped at that point because yeah. you're excited." Because and this is so again, Adam, to what you're saying, it's like this is a lot of progression for Mando. This is a lot of his yeah story, his I mean, lore being explored, basically, and obviously the lore of the Mandalorians, and then also the you know uh, yeah. the Night of a Thousand Tears. Like we get. We get really a lot of lore drops. We get the whole, we get the whole like, thing. Yeah. And there's no Boba Fett. It's really just a lot of just yeah. Din Djarin and his exploration of the dark saber and what and and stuff. And um, <laughs> I thought of Ben when the armor when when uh, Din brings out uh, presents the dark saber and Vizsla you know takes it from him, brings it to the armor. The armor like ignites it, and it's just like, or first of all, she's like all this talk of the em empire. Empire. They only yeah. lasted thirty years. Mandalorians have existed for ten thousand years. <laughs> Ignition <laughs> of saber. Ignition of saber. That's Star Wars to me. Honestly, yeah. add it to me. That's Star Wars. Like, yes. you have to deliver the kind of this crazy either lore drops or philosophy, and then yeah. the saber, and then yeah. deliver more prose. Yep. I don't know. It felt very, yes. very Star Wars in that way, yeah. Yes. And and again, like this is a character we have not seen since the first season of Mandalorian, right? And then she says like, if it falls into the hands of the undeserving, like it will cause like the scattering of the end of the Mandalorians. And we saw that, like that's exactly yeah. what happened. I mean, that's what makes me wonder yeah. if she's not doing like some revisionist history there. Yeah. I'm not like <laughs> sold that she's really a good, good person. Yeah, uh, you know, like she still could be a bad influence on the Mandalorian. But yes, all that. I also want to say, like, the way they use the volume, the way that space looks on Dinjarin's drip is amazing. That, yeah. Like, that's the look. It's like space reflecting off his all, like his whole armor and all that stuff. It looks, it, it, I mean, it's like you're in the hangar on, in Empire Strikes Back of the Death Star or something. It's like that look that they just, like, matched so well. Yeah. Um, and she even gives us, like, some just you know deep history where she's like it was forged a thousand years ago by the mandalorian tar Vizsla. he was the mandalorian he was both mandalorian and jedi i was like i was i'm so i just want to see that story at some point like that would be <laughs> yes be the Vizsla story. story to explore or just leave it untold i also like mystery but um I, no they're setting that so up cool. for sure so cool um Filoni made the Vizslas for uh, for John Favreau. Like he he had yeah. Favreau's first their first like intersection was Favreau doing voiceover for Clone Wars, and yeah. he was pre Vizsla um, on um, 
Yeah, in the Clone Wars, like you know, before, and then now, I, I swear they used uh, Favreau's voice the first time we saw this character, but it didn't sound like it was him on this episode. I was trying to figure that out too. I had the same thought. They definitely used it. It's 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 been shown online that his voice, he did the voice in the Mandalorian when we met. Oh, he did. He, I believe he did. He does, but I think there's there might be vocal modification. There might be a vocoder or something. Yeah, this is Paz Vizla, right? Not pre Vizla. Yeah. No, but they, he did voice Paz Vizla the first time we saw him. I'm not sure about this time. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, Mando pledges to help like rebuild the covert with these two, and they now say like, and now we are three, as if like Mando makes three, and they're the last of their remnant, you know, or of their covert. group of the Watch, yeah, or whatever this. Mm-hmm. Like kind of um, radical covert is there whatever their their title is. What what is exactly the armor's title? Like what do is there I, a set? I, what is the sect she belongs to? So I think like the animal collective for um for Mandalorians is covert. So yeah, when so they're, like, huddled, sect- they're huddled together, they're a covert. But within the covert, there are clans. And so it's like uh, the only way we would survive because we were like our sect was cloistered in the moon of Concordia. But like doesn't really give more knowledge about like exactly what the sect is like what is right. the sect well i no. mean we have all right can i'm gonna yeah all right oh wait, before we get there before <laughs> we get there i just want to get to like that quickly that line where she says songs of eons past told foretold stories of the mythosaur rising up to herald in a new age of mandalore i do think that could be hinting towards boba fett because right. all this training with the tuscans and this wholesome sort of like um uh, leadership training <laughs> that he's been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like he could eventually lead all of the Mandalorians. I mean, and, and if especially if like they, they want to go back to Kamino and they do want to do some revisionist stuff with Django and make, not revisionist, but just like make some of the Dark Horse stuff canon or make some of the like the early mm-hmm. Django um, kind of fiction canon. And yeah. Uh, uh, where where he did but he did fight clans, Mandalorian clans, and he did, did belong to a Mandalorian clan. So, yeah, I think we're getting a lot of vagaries now because I think we're gonna explore a lot more of this in season three. Because with Bo-Katan probably coming back, right? We're gonna have yeah different mm-hmm. sects and clans talking about what it means to be Mandalorian, and then I think you're right, adding Boba Fett into that mix. Right. You know, we have three night. different groups thinking right. about so maybe, what it means to be Mandalorian. Maybe that's just giving him an entrance as a contender because I. I mean, I, I really feel like this is Mandalorian, this is Din Djarin's story, and I would be kind of bummed if he was like, Boba Fett became the Mandalorian, and then, like, I don't know, so does it follow his sidekick, Din Djarin, or, you know, or does it switch back over to Boba at that point? Or, like, I feel well, like Din Djarin is the Mandalorian. He's going to be the Mandalore. He's gonna, well, I, I really I think so. Let's not forget about Bo-Katan either, because the, not only does he show the Darksaber to the armor, he also brings up Bo-Katan to the mm-hmm. armor. And we we this, uh-huh. this was not information that was exchanged before because he had met her towards the end of uh, Mandalorian season. Two. So, so what we're talking about is setting up a potential battle between Boba Fett, Din Djarin, Bo-Katan. Anyone else? You think uh, Paz Vizsla is going to make another try? Wait, can we talk about can we talk about how um you know she laid claim to, claim to Mandalore, but it was gifted to her. Yeah, you know, the saber was gifted. Obviously, that was by Sabine in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And then it's and then the armor said her rule ended in tragedy, uh, because she lost her or they lost their way. They lost their way. And they lost the war. Yeah. And I, 
I'm that was so to me that was like I mean, there's something in there that's oh, so yeah. important. I just don't know what it is yet. Like she she also said the end game line or something. Yeah, she also said um Imperial interlopers. Yeah, yeah. So there's it's like a lot. Yeah, there's a lot in there. It's a big story there. Yeah, it's a lot of story. <laughs> there's a lot going on I mean, this episode. There's we'll a lot of there's a lot of dot dot dots or yada yada yadas in the yeah. storytelling that are gonna get filled in throughout because I mean talking about being filled in, we've talked about this whole thing about you know, we know that the that the Empire wiped out Mandalore, but they haven't really talked about how, right? Yeah. And then we actually, in this, again, in the Book of Boba Fett, we finally get a little bit of that revealed with a flashback. I mean, yeah. basically, they ripped the scene out of Terminator 2, but it was a flashback. Yeah. Oh, the Night of a Thousand Tears? With yeah, the, let's talk about yeah. the Night of a Thousand uh, Tears. Yeah. Droids. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's... I just wanted to see one of the one of the KX droids step on a skull, and it would have been Terminator. Yeah, I know or a, yeah, a Mandalorian just, helmet. The shot of yeah. them stepping on the Mandalorian helmet, which I was as a lot but of they were there. I'm proud. The helmets were there. Yeah, yeah, the helmets were there. I did some chart. The foreground, but the probe door droids were a nice touch. I feel like, and it was like I feel like that was irradiated, probably. You know, like uh, oh yeah, yeah. So like yeah. Were, it was bombs. just vicious, dude. I could just see a moth, a moth yeah. being like, like just yeah, like the bomb earth. the entire planet, and then yeah, uh, like send droids through like the irradiated like aftermath. Yeah, yeah. follow. Um, Somewhere um, in this, we get one thing about the about the armor that I like is that you you mentioned she does some lore drops. She also has a Yoda Yodaism in this that was awesome, which is persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. Yeah, that is such a mentor line that Carly yeah. was watching this with me a second time. She's like, "Oh, I want that cross stitch on a pillow." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is yeah, it is uh, Einstein's. A definition of insanity right? exactly right that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what carly said too but i like this that we're getting these mentory one-liners again right like that's yeah. awesome yeah all of this um, is like this we, is did, classic we, we can't skip past the spear and no right that happened before you're right for all of it we're gonna we get are uh event so basically the armor asks then where he got that spear he says he used it to fight off um moth gideon Oh, uh, uh, Moff Gideon and Fen, you know, Fen for his life with it. Uh, and then, you know, she says it's strong used for armor. Like, we are best guards not used for weapons. And then he, he decides to melt it down. But he's like, he wants to melt it down for a foundling, for a specific foundling for Grogu, is what he says to, her, to the armor. And uh, she agrees yep. and she starts forging what. I I I believe to be like some sort of chain mill. Yeah, I think so. Shirt, yeah, some yeah. kind. It sure packs down small. It's yeah. like fits in a coffee cup, but um, yeah, but he's tiny. Yeah, he's not a big, not a big dude. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's gonna be that'll be interesting because, and I mean, I don't know. One of us was saying how he was gonna become a Mandalorian, get armor again. Uh, is that again? Oh wait. So a little behind the scenes, uh, Ben texted us, I think, on Wednesday morning and said, I will probably not get to see this on Thursday if you don't, you know, so radio silence, please, because we have a shared text string. So I watched it like eight o'clock on Wednesday and I texted Grant separately, said Ben is going to lose his mind (laughs) on this episode because literally everything Ben had said and wanted came true in this. episode. Yeah, yeah, everything. Like, yep. Everything Ben wanted to be a Mandalorian. Yep. 
Grogu's coming back real soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Grogu's yeah. around the corner. Yep. Grogu has Mandal as Beskar armor now. Yep. We really need to rewind because I feel I, like you may have predicted like weapons it's so or true. helmet or like something <laughs> of nature. Oh, like, I did. Pajamas, uh, it was like, it was pajamas. I forgot. It, no, when um when he you see Grogu's lightsaber, it's gonna have the um that the stick shift is gonna be part of his lightsaber. It'll oh, be, oh, totally. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, good call. Good call. Um, Love the. Uh, I will never. I will never training. doubt you again when it comes to the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and, you. And uh, I don't want to skip over the saber training in this. The dark saber training sequence. Nope. Where she's saying some like what sound like like Mandalorian words like. Uh, battle cries or something oh yeah or like or she's like stances or, or, or yeah. performs yeah it was definitely yeah. like yeah in old mandalorian and it picks up right uh with the same beats as they had in the rebels i think it was season four three or four where um caleb dune i don't know why i always call him by his old name uh kanan jarris uh was training sabine wren to use the dark saber mm. and it's like me i in my head canon it applies to every lightsaber but it's very much like you need to have your soul in tune with the kyber crystal that powers right. the dark saber in order for it to like work with you because to 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 that that mentor line of the persistence line like that is that's after mando is just struggling with this sword and it's like super yeah. heavy and he just can't fight and to yeah. me that's all i always thought that's what jedi training was like it was like when you first started using a lightsaber you just it, it's like very difficult to hone that yeah. skill balancing it the dexterity keeping the blade safely away from you as well as like using it in astonishing you doing astonishing feats you know to stop laser bolts things like that like yeah. It just you have to get there, you know, and I don't know. It's I don't know if it happens right away. So, yeah, it's cool, especially with non force users using right because I think force users sort of like inherently can attune themselves to the kyber crystal that they're working with. But um, for non force users, I think it's more of a struggle. The the dark saber seems uniquely Arthurian, though, because like Pat, yes, it's like almost yeah. like worthiness is tested. It's much like Milner or something because yeah. you or get Excalibur. Oh yeah, Excalibur. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, because even Paz Vizsla like picks it up for a second, and he has a super difficult time wielding it. Like, yeah, whoa, like, he boy, he too. can barely lift it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's, it's like I would love to see Boba lift it, and it just lifts. He lifts it with such grace, like he's already <laughs> such a honed warrior. Like a that you're, people are like, whoa, like when he lifts that sword, you're like, oh. Of course, he is the Mandalore who will unite. Yeah, the you tribes. might be onto something there, Grant. Yeah. We might get that in episode seven or eight, where it gets knocked out. And similar, like similar, like Cap and Thor, and like you know, Captain America might just be yeah. like, whoop, yep. And then everyone and then else, could, I know. What if someone? You know, we've never. What if someone could spin it quickly? Like that would. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Audiences would he be just like, uses okay, like a flourish. Over. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, oh, he it's picks over. it over yeah. to flourish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Because for him, it's like a gaffy stick. Like he's been right. training melee weapons yeah. and stuff. So he's like, oh. that's the thing, right? I mean, we were talking about it. Book of Boba Fett's a melee show when Mandalorian's all about blasters. So maybe there's a reason for that. Dark saber. I can just hear him just. <laughs> um, do, you, do you want me to talk about sex real quick and Mandalore, like, whatever? Sure. I just, just to get yeah, it out of the History 101? Like, a little and... like 101. Well, yeah, so we have Death Watch on Concordia back in the Clone Wars, right? Where 
the when when they were essentially pacifists, right under Duchess Satine, Satine, then Maul infiltrates Death Watch and takes over Mandalore, like wins the Dark Saber in battle, claims the title of Mandalore. Satine is separate from Death Watch, though. Yeah, she's got a different a different because she, she has those guards that look awesome. Yeah, of like she's, she's from Clan Kree's. Oh wait, yeah. no, Bo-Katan Kree. She's from Clan Ren. Right, right, that's right, team. Right. team. Um, so, so there's like w- within within a covert, there can be multiple clans. So I'm pretty sure it's Clan Vizsla, whatever the armorer is, which I think she's still Death Watch. Oh yeah, Clan Maul. She has hel- she horns is. Around yeah, her. she's all so Maul. Yeah. She's back for some like Clan Maul, whatever they call that. The Maul Delorians is what um what was his name uh, Matt uh, Lanter said on oh. Twitter this past <laughs> week. He called him. She, he called her a Maul Delorean. But um, and then and then you have Clan um, a Mud a Mudhorn, and that's his own clan because there was a line when they were fighting, uh, and uh, Paz had the the dark and said that my clan will rise to power and yours will cease to exist. Right. And so that's when I just got that on the fourth viewing, and um, and that makes a lot of sense where it's like. There's, you know, different. He's his own clan. Like he's the Mudhorn clan, and it's two people, and it's you know Grogu and Dinjarin, and that's it. And then Vizsla has his own. So and then just, what? What makes a covert then? That's it's, uh, it's it's Mandalorians that shelter together. That like okay, that just live together. together or are staying together. But yeah, it could it's be an animal clan. Yeah. Okay. Talk about that. what their their creed is, right? It's similar, like the actually. Well, they bring up the Jedi. It's actually the, in this they kind of juxtapose the Jedi against the Mandalorians in this. Yeah, episode they do. The yeah. armor <laughs> oh. says, you know, to ma- uh, a Jedi for a Jedi to master the way of the Force, like they must forego attachment. And then the Mandalorians, like, oh, that were well, our creed's the opposite. Our creed is about loyalty, loyalty and solidarity. That is yeah. the Which, way. Which, by the way, you know? I and don't like, see those as being separate, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I don't know how that's truly separate, but okay. I, I'm in on that. I get that. I mean, they're, they're but, diametrically opposite, but there's truth to both of them, right? I mean, but that's saying that Jedi's aren't loyal, and we've seen Jedi's be very loyal to each other and to other things. Like, I, I think it's a yeah. false dichotomy. Well, so that's but... that's the second word, right? Solidarity. And it's like, do Jedi have solidarity? I guess with other Jedi. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to in order to be a group of any kind. But, but I, 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 I so see these what plans they're are all about there. loyalty and solidarity. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And see, that seems kind of well, like I hope they dig I mean, into it a little more. Like, what do no, they really so. stand for? Like, what are some of their right. weird practices? Like, I want to know their other besides like they open dueling. Like they can just duel anyone at any I mean, time. One of the weirdest things is if you ever take your helmet off, you're you're done. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and then we see like, that in this episode, which is yeah, yeah. Oh, Mandalorian no more. It's just brutal. Tough look. Hardcore. Again, this is like classic Star Wars. Every beat hits with like yep. a thousand tons of Bantha Pudu. You it's can like... only be redeemed in the living waters and the mines beneath Mandalore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they're, they're said to like all be collapsed or gone. Or like I forget what she says. Hmm. It's like, He's like they've the all way. been destroyed. She's like, this is the way. <laughs> Every yeah. time they say this is the way, so I like tough. What a brutal part. ending. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, it's 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 really setting up a really interesting path. For the man, for for uh, for the Mandalorian to follow, I you know, one of the things I love too is that he is so still a believer in this creed, yeah. right? That that she says that, 
because a he can't lie. He does not lie. He could very easily just say, "Yep, nope, never took my helmet off," right? But he's yeah. such a believer. He has to tell the truth. And then she says, "Mandalorian no more," and he doesn't say anything other than, "How do I? What do yeah, I do? How do I tone?" Yeah, got very Christian for like. Tone. I mean, seconds. this is very. This is <laughs> yeah. He it's says, very, uh, "Leave apostate." That's what apostate. Uh, yeah, I don't even yeah. know what that word means, but it, but it's not awesome. No, and so at the end of the day, it's just like, and then he leaves. Like he he it's gets like his exile answer. Of pariah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But to be exiled, you have to agree, right? Like like he just he yeah. just leaves. Doesn't say another just word. Away. Doesn't. Yeah, that's it. He's I mean, healed. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and he won that fight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he retained his claim on the dark saber. I just want to give a big shout out to Pazvizla's like ray shield and vibro knife. Like that was yep. sweet. Like yeah. more of that, please. That was awesome. Yeah, we, I've read about vibro blades a bunch of times, but they finally like showed what a vibro blade yeah. looks like, and it's exactly how I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it, it looked awesome. Thanks for doing that. It's it's also a brutal fight because when. Like the Mandalorian, like loses the dark saber, he pulls out a knife. He stabs Paz Vizsla oh. like four oh, or five Man, times. Brutal. Oh, just like, like any every the, like every tendon, it's <laughs> gruesome. Like when you when I watched the second time, I was like, ooh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right, was, let's get to so this episode is is sort of split. It's like got an <laughs> act one and an act two, and the act yeah. one is like act two is very different. It's very feel good. <laughs> it's very it's nostalgia, but you know. And then I'll also say this: like a, a thing on nostalgia is when we're re revisiting like design elements, like locations or legacy characters, yeah. like from the the Star Wars past, like. It's okay if there's predictable outcomes and it feels like reverential, like like this episode does, and uh, it, you don't need your expectations to be like played with to create allure, alluring plot twists. Like you no. can you can enjoy that, nostalgia. That was the thing. The plot sometimes. the plot twist was that it was not predictable, but I guess like it just did the thing it said it was going to do for like yep. a half an hour. Yeah, and and it was just like. For me, it was a warm bath. <laughs> yes, in, like yes. war and give the galaxy. That's like it was like every second it was like, yes, I want to know how they get on yes. a, a carrier <laughs> ship with all those weapons. Yeah. yeah, like how does he sit in a seat? Oh, he has to take his jetpack off. Like, you know, like I want to. Yeah, how do you get around the galaxy if you don't have your own starfighter? And then yeah. it was just like, and then every bit of the ship they just talked yeah. about. Soup to nuts just talked like, you know, it was car talk. Star Wars right. edition. I, I, I want to I want to build off what you said, Grant. Is like nostalgia to me becomes a problem when what you're doing relies solely on nostalgia to be successful. And my example of this is to me, this was nostalgic. I knew everything they were talking about. I was just having a a, a blast with this. <laughs> Carly, who has watched episode one twice, does not dig on the prequels. Still love this part of the of the show. Yeah, this is really well having done. having no connection to she's like what is that thing again and i'm like oh it's from episode one she's like oh yeah but like she still <laughs> but she still loved the episode right because the characters are great the interactions are great a lot of comedy beats a lot of like process that was fun so like it just worked it, it's it's nostalgia not just for nostalgia's sake right like if you if yeah. you get it great if you don't it still works i mean that's that's how you do it Basically, if you can do that sort of Star Wars storytelling, and yes, you're leaning on a lot of old Tatooine gags and parts from previous movies, 
but like i think then you can you get star wars though because the way they yeah. used them was like so artful and immersive um that I, you know, if they, you can do that with this, this, then, then you're there. I mean, I mean, there was a million lore drops. Like every scene had a new like Easter egg in it. Yeah. Um, for the people that are there. Um, in a single yeah. scene. Can we just like, can we talk, set the scene though? Like, well, yeah. One thing. Let me just say one thing and then we can go get, get in there. In one scene, there are references to the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and video games. Yes. Right. And like and they do it masterfully. So there's something there for every type of Star Wars fan, except, I guess, for sequel trilogies. But that's hard because it happened after this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's hard to predict the future, though. They've done. Yeah. Um, OK. Yeah. So. All right. If, I, I do want to say, though, uh, about the bus scene. Did were any of you like really worried that he wasn't going to get the dark saber back? Check. Yes. The airplane. Yeah, I was yeah. super worried. Do we know that he did confiscate it? I thought. Oh, yeah. They're going to confiscate. Yeah. Dastardly was going to happen. I still think something dastardly did happen. And the reason why is because that droid at when he first interacts with the droid, that droid speaks completely normal. There's no issues with that droid. Did you notice the second when he picks it up? The droid is glitching, stuttering and glitching. No. Yes. Watch it. It's really weird. And I kept going. I, I kept going. Well, now he's going to open it and the, and the dark saber is not going to be there, but it was. So something happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. It looked successful to me. It looked like he successfully got there to me. It I mean, was. Yeah. You'd think he would get to his room that evening and like activate the dark saber. Was there a tracking fob put onto <laughs> something, perhaps? Um, but nonetheless, we go back to Pelimoto's <laughs> garage. Uh, I think now near and dear to all of our hearts. I think <laughs> yep. it's safe to say yeah. it's location. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, Pelimoto scrapyard like, is all like now just has now eclipsed Watto's scrapyard in terms of like <laughs> uh, iconic Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. Junkyard garage that I'd like to go to. You know what I mean? Like I'd like to go to her garage before anywhere else. Um, in this episode, it's just we right away we get a BD unit. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. First thing we see is a BD unit, which is like. Could be my favorite droid, like honestly, BD one for, and I think, I mean, I'm assuming this is the BD unit, right? This is Calcus. This is BD unit. I don't um, think so. I think it's green. Identified. So I think that one's like orange or something, orange and blue or something. And this one looks. I thought it was blue. Different. I thought it was the same one. It also depends on how you played that game, because you can change BD's color throughout the entirety of that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think yes, I think, yes, think canon-wise, yeah, that's right. But they don't identify it Wikipedia, so it's just a BD unit. It yeah. absolutely could be okay. B B it could BD be. one, but no, not like um, not like that. We know that R five is really R five. Yeah, we do need yeah R five, and then Treadwell R five is the actual R five by the way, and R five. Yeah talking trash like this entire yes. episode r5 is unstoppable and savage, <laughs> and savage. <laughs> needs to savage. be arrested yeah when when she's talking about taking the like droid like unit housing out need of a the restraining ball r5 asap <laughs> out of hand he's out of hand <laughs> don't let him near the starfighter yeah he's got he's got notes about <laughs> he's you got a mouth. yeah he's got a mouth on him <laughs> um guys how fun was this episode like it's like fun. it had me at turbonic venturi powers the <laughs> yeah that's what that's i was, what I was like this is gonna be ben's wait it's a turbonic venturi power assimilator 
A simulator, yeah. A simulator, yeah. yeah. At first, I thought it was a simulator. It's a public era Starfighter. Yeah. Pre-Empire. Right. And then, um, did you guys recognize the uh, cryogenic density combustion booster? Uh, Was that the thing from the trash compactor? That was from the... Yeah. That was the... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was a, I was a moment where I paused it my first watch. I'm like, is that no way? Like that's that's amazing. Um, I I just want to point out again. We talked about how while this is an episode of The Mandalorian put in the middle of Book of Boba Fett, it is as Ben mentioned, paced like an episode of Book of Boba Fett, and this is yeah. a good example of that because the first half of this the show flies right. Like you just go 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 plot 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 plot, and then the second half, which is almost the exact same length, yeah slows way down in yeah. a good way right but it's just it, right. it's similar to how we've been seeing the pacing of the book of boba fett like they will take a time of the scene just to have some characters interacting and some process yeah i was it's, yeah. now that i'm thinking about it it's like scenes from the the show bumblebee or uh like um uh, fast and the furious i'm sure they have scenes that are like this yeah. at so maybe not this long but it's like that sort of you know yeah. idea yeah and then um, just to set the scene again, we saw the Razor Crest um, just get destroyed in the episode six, I think, of Mando season two. And yep. so now he's looking for a new ship. Like, that's what this is about. He's at yeah. Pelimoto's garage looking for a new ship. And then she's like going, heading over a new ship. She's, you know, talking to Treadwell, who Treadwell's quickly earning a place in my heart as like <laughs> mm-hmm. one of my favorite droids of all time. Like, just to oh, have yeah. Treadwell. Treadwell seems like he's very like uh, useful. I-, I think Treadwell would be super handy to have around. You know what I mean? Everyone oh, yeah. has a Treadwell. It's a great design too. It's just like a wash stick frame. It's like a stick on like caterpillar on treads, feet. right? Yeah. <laughs> a couple <laughs> stick arms. Yeah. yeah. And then someone says no to her. I feel like, and then she's like, "You can't say no. You're a droid." <laughs> <laughs> so good um oh look a family of scurriers just like living on the ca- tarp yeah. above like the yeah starship she's about to nest. show mando and then yeah. of course takes the tarp off the starship and it's lo and behold uh yeah. a naboo starfighter yeah. a nabooian starfighter <laughs> n1 the old n1 still that yellow paint still on there and everything. yeah yeah uh, flown by the queen's guard um, it's going to need a lot of like bolt on, you know, vintage hyperware speed mods. <laughs> like, it's going to need a lot of upgrades, right? It's also funny ben, you how have much. Now? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't have everything. Ben, I just write have Trebonic Venturi powers. In those exchanged in this episode. Oh, every time she's like, oh, yeah, you're going to want to, you know, evacuate your exhaust you manifold. Strangling your thrust capacitor. It's a vapor manifold. Yeah, yeah. Get you this induction intake charger. It's going to double your output coefficient. Like, I was <laughs> like, oh, Ben's going to love this episode. Yep. Yep. <laughs> It's just I, like the sweetest thing. And it's like it deserves it, right? Yeah. For like this, yeah. he's getting his ship, right? And they needed to spend some time to like transition us through it. And they spent the time. And it was just like, let me sell you on this car. Cause she, like suddenly she becomes like a used car salesman and is trying to pitch him on this thing and takes him through all the paces and then gets him in. It was like a beautiful story of how you'd be like, it, it warms your heart because you're like, well, I pulled, I built this thing. I built this thing in Jarn. I watched it happen, and now it's yours as much as it is Din Jarns as a viewer, I think. But, I mean, there's also something to be said about we're, we're doing a major change in his transportation, right? Yeah. And yeah. and it really does show that 
season three Mandalorian is going to be a very different show or at least a very different path for Din Djarin. Like he's he's if he takes the ship, which he does, spoiler alert, he's very much done with the life of a bounty hunter. So it's hard to run bounties. With no, like, no, as a cowboy, bounties. you just can, you can have a fast steed and then steal a wagon, you know, like, yeah, but if he's you're a bounty hunter, ships, he'll get bigger ships if he needs. Yeah. Them. But the difference is you can hogtie someone and throw them in the back of your horse. That doesn't really work with starfighters. Um, I was wondering if you could jam a person in that. Um, I saw that. I was wondering, too. Yeah, you can. I mean, I know it's a perfect size for, I don't know, yeah. uh, Rogu. But other right. than that. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's not, now, it's not he convenient. He needs a freighter where you can he can dock that in the right. freight. Right, but I don't think he's going to get it because I think he's he's not a bounty hunter. He's never going to be a bounty hunter again. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the thing. Why doesn't Cover get a big ship, like a big freighter? Why? They don't need Why? anything. There's three of them. They just need a they just need a Y wing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I was curious about that too. I was really, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a starfighter and not a, you know, not a gunship or you know, some sort yeah. of transport ship, um, which seems sort of wrong. But I mean, yeah, how do you argue with that? I, Grant, you and I talked about this offline. Maybe, uh, Madam, you witnessed this from afar. I no, I turned on my phone and I saw there was 105 missed text messages. Was it 105? It's 105, and oh, I went. Wow. I'll catch up with them on. That's Saturday. what happens when a Naboo starfighter <laughs> enters the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam, this is 105 text messages from Grant and I. So, uh, Grant, what did you see first when you saw the starship? Or actually, no, let's start with Adam because I haven't asked you yet. When you saw the tarp on the ship, did you know it was an N1 to start, or did you think it was any other ship? Uh, no, I thought it, I thought it was, it took me a while. It wasn't like I immediately saw it, but before she pulled it off, I kind of quickly run through things that were that size and I, I got to end one pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a boring answer. And I, mean, I don't mean to be like, I'm so smart, but yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Nope. That's one of great. Us had said it looked like Obi, uh, Grievous's ship. That was me, but I thought you had said the um, same thing. I know. And then I, I texted furiously. Oh yeah back and i said if it was grievous's ship i would have just like walked away from the show entirely because <laughs> um, you don't like the design i just that design i love every design of the prequels like i really am a huge fan of pretty much like 95 percent of the designs you know schemes why can't uh, i picture grievous's ship oh yeah that oh. one ship that one ship always bothered me it just like huh. i was like it just looked like a weird like um like uh sort of like vintage um um kind of like a car Mobile. i don't know it looked like the 1989 like a coupe de ville sort yeah. of like yeah i don't know just a weird it just it just looked kind of strange i, I it it didn't feel like star warsian to me yeah um macquarian really it felt like i don't know sort of uh more like yeah, Battlestar Galactica or something. Or like Art Deco and like weird and like 20s. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm looking at it now. I can see that. It never really bothered me, but now after you said all that. If I Nando like got it. that ship, I would have been like, oh, please don't. But then when I when it was the N1, I was so amped because I was thinking about the modifications and like what you could do to that ship oh, and yeah. getting the yellow off it and not having it be so, yeah. You know, bright and noticeable like having it be a little bit slicker yeah. a little bit more like um kind of like played to the duller tones like it could be a really cool looking ship you know like so stripped down it could look awesome yeah. stripped down they kind of like that's what they millennium did. 
falconed uh, an N one, right? Like they gave, yeah. they made it more like Millennium Falcon esque, where it's like exposed um, thrusters. And like, I didn't think you could do that because I was like, what if you nick an asteroid with like your exposed, you know, too much science, Greg. Too yeah. much science. I don't know. I yeah, I don't bring science to Star Wars, but. Yeah, I don't know. George kept it tight. I don't know. Like, I never asked questions with George. Like, I don't know why. It just, I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like the docking rings, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And then she's like, this can go to hyperspace without a docking ring. I was like, "Uh, really? It can? I don't remember that. No, I mean, I. I can't wait to see him do that in that thing. It must feel like you know. Yeah. Riding on a highway and a like, like what is like that like shopping it's like cart in the space? It's so like it's yeah. this thin piece of metal between you and the cold void vacuum of space. I was like, this is a starfighter is like fun, but it's I feel like the razor crest. Like you know, he was a little sad yeah. when she he was, she was like, what do you mean? He's like, where's the razor crest? Right. He's like, I thought you got another razor crest. No, he was like walking out on that. And yeah. then, but yeah, I don't know. So they just made him a hot rod, like, and it's so Lucasian. Like, yes, I hope George Lucas saw this and was like, wizard, <laughs> because like yeah. they, yeah, because like I mean, it's his his affinity for like uh, classic America and um or classic like car, I guess enthusiasts yeah. like old school seventies, sixties, fifties like car culture in America, and uh, you know, it, it was a hot rod. It was like I swear. They sampled like a Dodge Challenger for the uh, for the turbo. There was a lot of like car shop culture in this. Oh, yeah. But it also felt like all the right stuff, like the idea of like tuning this engine to go fast and. Yeah, right. And it's flight. Yeah, Yeah. I I have to say. And like the motivational music and this kind of yeah. like it was just it was just like really just a slow predictable build of just going to have fun and open up the engine on this really fun star yeah. after yeah. building it, and it would that's what we got and it was nice because it was like free as a bird after being excommunicated from uh, the Mandalorians. It was like yeah. now just free uh, and flying in the starfighter super fast. Like yep. it was yeah. beautiful the sound design. That N one just went yep. full throttle, opened up like that. The engine Woo, sounded sound. so. I love the way it looked too. Like it would shimmied a little bit because of the yeah. new engine and they put in it. And like even when he was right, so when he was just like hovering a little bit, like it was kind of rocky. Like it wasn't smooth because the thing just wanted yeah. to go fast. And as soon as he started making it go fast, that's when it sung. And it was like, yeah, they oh. even. They, I'm talking about all the right stuff because like they even do the thing where he like romanticizes the actual star. <laughs> Like he yeah. romantically caresses after R five is done talking trash. Like yeah. he's like, like he is the best part of this episode is when they do the kind of cliche scene where he's like running his finger along like the angles of the, the wing and whatnot. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> they start that scene with R five, just like, <laughs> like shooting his mouth off. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Go back and watch that. The way they start that scene tonally is hilarious. It's kind, of, it's kind of the best part of this movie. Um, this movie, right? I look at it as a movie. Like this, this show, 51 minutes like stands up next to any Star Wars movie to me. Yeah. I, I love it so totally. much. Um, yeah, and then he flies around Tatooine and we go to Beggar's Canyon and we fly through there. We see a womp rat. You see a yes. beautiful oh. shot of a womp rat basically like waking up from a nap and then like scurrying away. Yeah, just full, sunning itself on a rock. It was yeah. like really kind of beautiful. Yeah, so it's it's the old uh, pod race course. Yeah, it is. In an yeah, yeah. 
um yeah. which was like hyper nostalgic fun awesomeness yeah. again i it's amazing to me what television can do right now because because i mean that was in 1999 the pottery scene was <laughs> one of the most spectacular things i've ever seen in, in film and and even to this day it still is just it holds up right mm-hmm. and now we're on a show we're in an episode of a show <laughs> And they basically take a scene from that, and it just sounds and looks as amazing. It's Pitch just perfect. unbelievable where yeah. we're at. Yeah, awe-inspiring. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It was so fun, and he was just like all the like random curses he said in like various mm-hmm. languages uh, was hilarious, and you could see him falling in love with the craft. Um, and just like it was just like a, an entirely different movie. It was like a Spielberg like movie in the second half of this thing. Uh, set your navigation disposition between the two suns and you'll come across beggars canyon when i heard that i was like can i have that be like my alarm in the morning (laughs) (laughs) yes yes uh so good that was so and then you see it like you see the reverse shot you see him go through the pod race the canyons the mesas the john ford you know valley and then you see beggars canyon you see that you know and then he has to like she immediately tells him to, to spin to turn it on its side. Uh, mm-hmm. the ship. Yeah. But um and again, I looked at the pod race footage. Someone put it side by side online. Uh it is like almost exactly it's the same the cut line. Yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. In terms of the speed and how fast they're going through Bears. Yeah. And when he pulls out of it is like right when Anna, uh, Annie probably like gets in that off ramp and like jumps over everybody, which, which, like is, that's, which holds up and is a great scene. I'll ha- I yes. have to say it's a very oh. tactile and it's a fantastic scene, beautifully rendered. Uh, some of that, some of that blue screen and some of that's just the, the, the kind of backdrop work in the prequels. Um, compositing looks really good in that pod race scene, especially in, Oh yeah, I'm there. I'm in the pod with Anakin during that race. I never think about the CG. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah. it's on. Um, but yeah, so then he he goes uh, through the atmosphere, um, and then the thing, and then you know, really nice tie together scene with the kid on the bus, uh, waving to her, and then um, just having going for a joyride, and then just starts spinning, which is like Anakin's classic. I'll try <laughs> yeah. spinning. That's a good trick, and I feel like that's supposed to connect to that youthfulness, like. How much fun he's having! He feels like a kid, yeah. just like yeah. spinning, you know, through yeah. space, and then he gets pulled over by the cops. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, and probably the scene I was just like, of a show where like there's so many like callbacks to things, and I'm loving it. This this will be the scene where I was kind of like, really? And it's <laughs> mostly I didn't mind him getting pulled over, but I'm like, how? Like, why is Tiva? In everything that ever happens with right, right, right. Jaren. Makes sense. Also, why are they patrolling t- Tatooine? Like, I don't know. It's a worthless rock, as the Hut twins said. Like, I don't know why the New Republic's like, oh, let's go here. Well, I mean, sure. in the last time we saw him, he was talking to Cara Dune about their things going out here in the Outer Rim. So I guess he's probably just investigating stuff. That was going to be the Rangers of the New Republic, I'm sure. That was going to happen and then didn't. But it is... It is odd that he's always around. Unless we're going to find out there's a reason he's always around. You know, maybe he's maybe right. he's secretly tracking the Mandalorian. So the one that like set off the alarm for me was not Captain Tiva, but the uh, the other one, Lieutenant Reed. Yeah, um, yeah. that was Max Lloyd Jones, yeah. which is a pr- pretty great actor. 
And I'm just wondering if like he was well, going to be in like in Rangers of the New Republic. Do you know what else he did? He was Luke Standin in season two of The Mandalorian. Oh no, kidding! He was yeah. He was he was the one. He was the one who did like a lot of the yeah the, a lot Very of the, cool. yeah the acting oh, cool. like that. I think they mapped the face on. And, <laughs> oh no, yeah. kidding! So maybe yeah. that was why it was like a holdover from that relationship, and they're like, "We'll give you some actual FaceTime." Yeah. Because I thought like maybe there's still some casting they did for like uh, Rangers and then like they're like, well, we want to try and make it up for you and get you in the show in case Rangers doesn't happen. Which maybe they did. Right. Maybe off of what he did in The Mandalorian there. They were casting him in that. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. Like you said, he's a he's a good actor. Yeah. You guys want to talk about like his characterization, like how he's sort of stringent on enforcing Republic, New Mm -hmm. Republic law. Yeah. And and sort of asking for uh, registration and. Yeah, it doesn't uh, paint the New Republic in a very good light, does it? No. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a new angle to explore. I always thought this was kind of these. This was the sort of politics that I thought would the sequel trilogy would explore just a slightly, ever so slightly, not not too much, but just just explore the sort of the troubles of a, of a democracy, a nascent democracy, and how shaky it can be at first, after especially after right. a totalitarian oh. rule. Yeah, how how does a rebellion yeah. form into a into a actual yeah, setting right. government? That's very, right, that's like, very difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's really and getting in a it, galaxy to agree on a government. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like that. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I think we'll see some more stories from here because it is still between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. There's a lot of real estate for them to tell stories, and they're filling it in now. But um, I think a lot of these stories will be told. Yeah. And again, don't forget, the Book of Boba Fett was just announced at the very end of the last season of The Mandalorian. It was a bit of a surprise of a show, right? So I yeah. wouldn't would it pass them if they're not still cobbling together a fourth show in this Mandoverse. Yeah, I'm not convinced that this isn't The Mandalorian, like this whole season, like because like Boba Fett is a Mandalorian. Like, I wonder if when they set out, they're like, well, it'll start with this character, Din Djarin. And then we'll go to Bo- Boba Fett and then maybe we'll go to Boba Fett or like they had sort of this plan. But then they're like, you know, what, we'll just make it its own show. But it, I mean, it's clearly they're indelibly intertwined. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're doing that shared universe thing where it's going to be yeah. they're, they're just going to have their own separate stories, but they're going to interact quite a bit. I mean, yeah. we're, we're basically going to have, I would expect the Mandalorian in the last three episodes of a seven episode season. <laughs> Right, yeah. so he's almost there for half the episodes. Well, so what do you think is going to happen next episode? Are we going to follow Boba Fett or are we going to fire, follow the Mandalorian? Or We're going to follow Boba Fett, but there's going to be a time jump, and he's going to come back and be like, well, you can't believe what I just did. Wait for it. Season three of The Mandalorian. Like, that's my guess, is that we're not going to see Grogu. I know there's, I think Kevin Smith is putting all of his money on that we're going to see Grogu in Boca Boba Fett. And I would put all the money that we are not that, that this story that he is saying at the very end to Fennec Chan, I have to go up and visit a little friend is going to be something we see in the Mandalorian season three. This so is a not side next, quest. it's not next episode. We're not going, I don't think so. Okay. I think, I think we're going to jump back to the man, to the Boba story. Maybe, maybe we get the Mandalorian kind of coming in at the end of the episode saying, I'm back, ready to help out. Without Grogu, but you're saying without Grogu. I think without. I don't think you're going to, I don't think they're going to use Grogu in in this. I think they want to save him for Mando season three. Mando three. Grant. That'd be my guess. What do you think, Grant? Uh, I, you, you, 
if you want him sooner than later, you you could get him at the end of this. Maybe like mm-hmm. one of the last beats for Mandalore, Man, Mando is that he goes and it's almost like wide shot. You don't even get that close to the interaction. Yeah. Or is that thing. a post credit? Yeah. It's uh, almost like season a seven. Sneak of like the or whole thing. Seven. Yeah. 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 Because um, you don't want to do if he does that, he'll miss there, the battle, like, right? That's Luke. That Grogu equal, equals Luke to me, and I feel like yeah, I almost, I almost thought that was the send off for Grogu at that point. That's the so point for and Luke was he was he's, he's such a major character that like the second you right. bring him into the story, you just want to see Luke join up with Mando on the adventure, right. or the adventure feels less than you know. What I mean, like you just want to see what like the central Jedi character would do on this story as well, you know, just because the you've already introduced him and he's got a lightsaber and he uses the force and stuff. And there's all the nostalgia built in there. I think um, I, I, I understand that. I'm glad you said it that way you're right because there's so much gravity around luke's character right it's like as soon as you see him you want more of him like he's just like he's that guy right um i I, i'm gonna make a guess i at first i thought what you thought adam pretty much to a t but i i think actually he's uh i think you know we do like split episodes where they do flashbacks yeah instead of a flashback the first half of half of the episode is um uh, Din Djarin going to pick up um, Grogu. Mm. And then I think the second half is going to be, you know, whatever, moving the plot forward for Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, then that's probably what's going to happen because Ben <laughs> knows clearly what's happening in these shows. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Boba Fett and Luke should have beef, beef theoretically, though. Like, why? Because he's a real Jedi? Because Luke's a real Jedi. Because both. Or because both. both because oh, Luke's actually, no, you got to cast Luke him in the air when he fell into the pits of Carcoon. Like, it's, I don't know. It To me, it's, wasn't it? It was yeah. Han dumped him into the pit, right? Uh, yes. Blind Han took out Did, Boba Fett. But a reminder. Luke is the one who created the chaos that caused Boba Fett oh, to yeah. Yeah. engage. And, right. But it was kind of on Boba Fett that, like, that he fell uh, into the pit. Like, uh, it's kind of know, Luke's if, if he gets bested, he gets bested. He's I'm starting to could be the lightsaber character I'm talking about that triggers Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Like, I'm could thinking. Be. Could be. We have a lot of speculation flying around on our podcast, which I'm very proud of and which, I'm excited to see on unravel, which will probably all be false, but it's fun to have around I mean, anyways. How amazing would that be that that Mandalorian goes is basically like, I have to go protect a friend and Luke decides to join him, right? Because he believes in the Mandalorian because of protecting right. Grogu. And then the second he walks around the corner, he sees he sees Boba Fett and you get what? Where? Boba Fett? Boba Fett? And he just <laughs> lights his lightsaber. Because the last thing Luke knows is this is the guy who yeah. took Han away and froze him in carbonite for years, right? Yeah, and then yeah. that triggers and that triggers Boba Fett because, you know, you know, decapitation of your father by a lightsaber will will do that to we'll you. Do that to also, you. So, like, that'd be amazing. You could create where, like, Vader and Luke or, like, Boba Fett and Luke with, like, the early action figures. Like, I don't know. There weren't a lot of fights you could do. Yeah. With, like, the first action figures for Star Wars. So, yeah, I, I feel think like well, Luke could be I, in there. I totally I'm starting to think, though, with Boba Fett, with the with the with the Sarlacc pit, I, I think with the Boba Fett we've seen in the show, he's just like, no, no, that's on me. I don't think he has any animosity towards Han or Luke for that, because he's just like, I that clearly showed me that I was not where or who I needed to be, because 
I got hit in the back by a blind guy and fell in a pit. That's on me. Like that's yeah. not on the blind I, guy. Yeah. That's on me. He's more mad at yeah. his, you know, yeah. at Jabba for making him go up against a Jedi, you know, yeah. like for someone yeah. else's coin. Like mind the scads. His beef is with his slave owners, you know? Yeah, I didn't have I gotta be yeah. honest. Like I didn't have full buy-in for the characterization of Boa Fett in like right off the bat. I it it, it kind of slowly yeah. developed and then chapter four. Uh, we really talk about his motivation. He really swears off crime lords and and bounty hunting and and you know being stuck in that system, an uh, unforgiving system of you know dumb, jealous, sinister crime lords sending him to do their dirty work. Like he's just finished with that. Like it, it just it, it's it's the writings on the wall in that episode. And like it's important to have that beat. And now I can believe in this different Boba Fett because. You know, in my mind, he's a merciless bounty hunter. A few words, like he's, yeah, kind of the, the exactly. mysterious, you know, um, hired gun. Um, yeah, but he doesn't talk very much and kind of keeps to himself. And like his silence is what you pay for. You know, you pay for that silence almost. You know, like the to get it done. Yeah, for I mean, professional. If you think about it, like. I just think of a person who's in a career for a long period of time and then is forced out of or loses that job in a very bear trap, but in a very (laughs) weird and sudden way, it will give you a midlife crisis and make you question everything. Right. Cause literally he paid himself that way. Right. I'm this merciless bounty hunter. Everyone's fears me. And then I get knocked in a pit by a blind guy. Right. Isn't that going to completely yeah. make you question everything about who you thought you were? Like, if I was so good, how did this happen to me? Right. And he's been in tons of tight scrapes that he's got himself yeah. out of. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, he yeah. almost died the worst death you could die on Tatooine, which yeah. is saying something. But I agree, Grant. Like, I it took me a while with this version of Boba Fett because it did not line up with my headcanon. But I've I, I've loved the storytelling in this because it, it, I, I mean, John Favreau is no dummy. He knew when he was writing this Boba Fett that this is not what the fans were expecting. Yeah. Right. And he's just like, but I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to trust that the fans will follow and trust. And and like you said, by episode four, I'm completely on board. I get why this is the character we're seeing now. It makes sense yeah. to me. I feel like it's pitch perfect, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I feel like yeah. it's tomorrow Morrison's crushing. It's I think my it's kind of this pulpy fun character that I'm almost getting Han Solo vibes out of tomorrow Morrison, which is mm-hmm. I mean, a Harrison vibes out of, like I'm almost getting like classic Han Solo vibes out of tomorrow Morrison. In in the like yeah, he's just compelling on the screen and I just want to see him do things in the galaxy. <laughs> Yeah. And like, there's a lot of other characters where like I could care less if they ever I see them do things in the galaxy, but Tamar Morrison's definitely like this Boba Fett is definitely a character I want to keep on watching. Just you know, walk around Tatooine. Um, and everything he says just sounds incredible. The armor again in this episode sounds incredible. I I really I think I wish you were texting uh, a few days ago about the armor, and I was like. You know, like they talk about not taking their helmets off a lot. 
to the point where it's like <laughs> almost like a massive setup for them taking the helmets off. Yeah, like, you know what, what I mean? are you like, hiding under there? It's like almost like the right. biggest setup ever. And I'm like, are we all just like staring at the setup right now? Like this is the setup. This has been there since the beginning. Like the armor is going to eventually take her helmet off and she's like Satine or something like, I don't know, some shit. But like if Fennec can come be... back from the yeah. gut wound. Like, where's the Satine yeah. gut wound fixed? Didn't uh, Duchess Satine got her head cut off? No, she got stabbed in the gut. Like, uh, Maul, I think, just stabs her right stabbed in, the, in gut. the gut. And that was it. Mm. And she had a terrible yeah. good eye. It's Maul. Maul got, Maul's actually got a third set of spider legs. <laughs> and... Oh, the armor is Maul? Yeah, that's my what I'm going with. <laughs> Man. Sad prediction. Uh, Mace Window. It's Mace, it's Mace Window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she we, takes off the helmet and the voice yeah, just clicks back to like Samuel L. Jackson's voice. Right yeah, it's uh Grand Moff Tarkin. I'm just using all the old school uh Snoke uh theories and just putting it on the, she, the she armor. Be, yeah, she could be what like a Satine sister or something. Was Ursa Ren like devout? I feel like she was not. She was more she was chill. Ursa Ren, that's uh Sabine's mom. Yeah, yeah. No, they they're on the same team. I'm sure they were all part of that debacle. Yeah, it's Ray's mom, she's, the armor. Well, right. She's no, she's definitely Death Watch. Right. <laughs> so if she's Death Watch, yeah. she's not a Sabine. She's just a new character. Let's just be real. I mean, character. She's not a Satine. Yeah, is what I meant to say. It's a brand new character. Like, but I mean, maybe a character from Death Watch. If you look, there was like a female. Uh, Actually, yeah. I feel like Sabine, uh, Duchess Satine's sister, was in Death Watch. Yeah. And so real wild. Her, yeah, but she Maybe. never had the like mall armor. Like, no. this the armor has lead? the. Mall. Why doesn't she lead the Mandalorians? Why doesn't she challenge Din and lead? I don't get it. I was wondering the same thing. I was like, she seems like the most advanced fighter. Like, she knows all like the different stances. She could use. She, she really could have beat him while she was like training yeah. him. Because she has a plan. She she's beat a... him like while training. Like she's yeah. at the end of the training, yeah. she's just been like, just give me that. Because like, I don't like, think that's what she's about. I think I think she's a and also but... Dinjarin has a hundred ways to kill her, like frankly. Like she doesn't she's not wearing much Beskar and he has like whistling birds. So like... here's the other thing is if you kill him, you've lost a believer. And right now you yeah. have two believers underneath your underneath okay. your tutelage. You kill one, you're down to one. And you can walk into who are you gonna walk into with Darksaber and say, I'm the Mandalore. Who who are you gonna tell that to? Because you can tell uh, that to 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 uh, Ren and or like Sabine's walking around, she'd be like, uh, uh, "No, no, I cool. do love, like yeah. you you need followers in order to like actually use that to your advantage." Yeah. So it would be no reason for her to have the dark saber at this point. While this uh, uh, tinfoil hat, it's Omega. If we're showing them, if we're showing the armor in the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> mm. I don't think so. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think so either. But if you're going real yeah, wild speculation, again, I mean, again, the like, yeah, that would be wild. I would love to see Omega. When it comes to yeah. their like coda about like not taking off the helmet, it's like, and then you think about Boba Fett. Like Boba Fett, his relationship to the armor is a little different. Like it's, but also the same. There's also it's a lot like of similarities. It's like he's like I'm more convincing in my armor. Like he likes wearing his armor mm -hmm. because. It gives him power. It's like, yeah, it's his strength. It's his sigil. It's his like, yeah, his brand, his crest. Yeah, it's everything. Um, no, yeah, but it's not about religion or belief. I know. It's yeah. I know. so I wonder how that it's about intimidation. Collide. 
Because yeah. I, I, I almost want to see I want to see Boba interact with the armor. Like I almost want to see what that conversation yeah. is like. I always look for characters who I think oh. have like the most experience interacting in Star Wars. I love the young coming of age heroes in Star Wars. I just feel like I oh I I really want to see like the masters talk, and I feel like two masters in their respective sort of like careers um for better or worse like boba and the armor it would be cool to see them interact yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if we get it at some point yeah me either there i mean there will be that that fight for mandalore right oh yeah interesting i mean this would be a bigger prize if if boba as i assume wins moss boba's gonna boba's gonna walk up to the armor and be like you want to get a party, and then she's gonna see on his like shoulder is just the Mythosaur emblem. Yeah, and she's like, and... yeah, let's party. <laughs> I guess, let's, I guess, and then you're LFG. Clubbing, and that's let's gonna go. be an entire episode. <laughs> I guess my art, my thought is like, what are we fighting for? Like, Mandalore is is a radioactive wasteland. That's why I'm thinking. They're fighting they for leadership. They need too. leadership. Over what though? Over the seven. Over the seven. Thrawn, and then Thrawn takes them to a new planet in the Outer Rim. Thrawn gifts it to them. Thrawn is like, here's this paradisical world in the Outer Rim, and, he, and Thrawn gives them Mandalore too. Yeah. Or are they? Are they? Are they fighting to restore, restart Mandalore? Right? Because it's all about foundlings, right? So it's less about. Well, no. There's there's existing Mandalorians. They said they spread to the four winds. Yeah. So they're not the only Mandalorians in the galaxy. There's more. And they but they, but they see... need someone to bind them all together. Yeah. 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 And create a new world or find a new world or, you know, right. it's we've learned from this covert that like home is where you hang your helmet, you know. It's right. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh so it could really be anyways anywhere, but like they need someone strong to, you know. I found it interesting that they she said that the Mandalore will defeat 20 enemies. Yeah, and it will like multiply the, the dark saber. You mean like when you well, wield that, it, uh, you can defeat one warrior could defeat twenty enemies or something. But it wasn't. No, I think she no, was saying the it was, it was part of the it was, prophecy. It was a part of the prophecy. It was a very specific number in a prophecy. And I'm like, well, oh, that's that we're point. See. And that's the that's the Robert that's Robert Rodriguez bar fight. Boba taking out twenty people with a dark saber. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I, I mean, mean you, again, I, I'm going to repeat it. Songs of Eon past foretold stories of the mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of the man of Mandalore. Right. And the yeah, mythosaur like, doesn't literally mean the beast. They'll still put it on to Boba because he's of the clan. Right. Mythosaur. The mythosaur. Clan. I, Grant, I, think, like corporate, I think you're on to something. That's like corporate yeah. lingo for Boba Fett. He is yes. the mythosaur. He yeah. is the myth of Star uh, totally. Wars. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. To me, it's and I I think you're right. I totally see this as like uh, you've totally sold me on this. I'm I I am I have taken the the pill where it's just <laughs> like he's he's gonna pick it up, no problem, and he's just yeah. gonna strike down like twenty pikes. You know, just, no, he's <laughs> gonna go pikes, like the god of that commercial freighter. Yeah, he's gonna pikes. go like Conan on their butts, and that's just <laughs> yeah, and this that. Is a lot like Conan. But like he he has to Conan defeat Dinjarin to do it. I was like, this is Conan in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, is because then he becomes well, Mandalore and it's so pulpy and fun. And then you get Mandalore with a Boba and that, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you could have, you could do some really fun stuff with that. 
Um, the thing is, though, to do that, you need yeah. to like completely cancel uh, Dinjarin and Grogu. Like he he has to beat Dinjarin in combat to win the thing. Yeah, unless like Dinjarin loses to a, like a Sith Lord, and then Boba beats that Sith Lord and gains it or something. Right. Yeah, it does kind of make you have to. No, because right. Luke and Grogu could come fight, and Boba could best Luke and Grogu and nearly kill Grogu, and then Mando and Boba could fight, and Boba could beat him for the dark saber. And yeah. spare mm-hmm. Grogu finished. That's true. Um, yep. Stories written, script. There you go. And wow, it's a bold. That's a bold. A bold. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Motivation. It does work. Honestly, though. yeah, yeah. It makes perfect sense. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I think the skiff incident. I think uh, the sand skiff incident. I think mm-hmm. uh, Luke is. I think Boba knew Luke was there. I think he, Luke was seen as an agitator to, at that time by Boba. And that's kind of what, why he stumbled. He stumbled yeah. because of Luke initially. I mean, that's, again, that's I, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I, I think we, and Grant might be onto something because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we got a couple of really big wow moments in season one and two of the Mandalorian, and we haven't quite gotten the Boba Fett. It's been great, right? But there's been no like, oh, I can't believe they the, a Grogu moment or a Luke moment or even the or even the Dark moment at the very end of season one of the Mandalorian or even a Soka moment, right? Like we haven't gotten that yet in this show, so they might be saving something huge for that finale, right? Where you might get a Luke and Grogu. Yeah. Well, we appearance. still haven't seen the real personality of that Tuscan Raider who trained him. Mm-hmm. She could mm-hmm. still be a Jedi. Um, I, I wonder yeah. if the armor was a, is has got like force power. Maybe, honestly. Maybe. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. I, my my vote is still that um, they're just teasing uh, Boba Fett into the battle for Mandalore. They need like yeah. another force yeah. there. It can't just be like two. Um, so he's the third party, and maybe the Vizslas are a fourth party, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. just easy. But, but again, I can't see Din, this going Din any Jaren. other way that Dinjarin is the Mandalore. Yeah, I think Dinjarin is the Mandalore now that I really reconsider it all. I think uh, he's got to be because he but, has the Earth Tone armor. And when I read the Tales of the Jedi comics as a kid in the nineties, um, I remember Mandalore having these this kind of Earth Tone armor. Mm. But and you can have your so chrome on brown, which I love. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, chrome yeah, it, it's perfect. It's honestly perfect for Mandalore. So like when Mandalore, when that character is developed out or someone gets that title, I, I, I imagine they'll be in that sort of earth turn, tone look. Yeah. I always say a prophecy misread, right? Like like if Boba Fett does this, right, where he has the sigil of the Mythosaur, he strikes down a ton of people with the dark saber and the armor hears about this. She'll just twist that. That yeah, prophecy to fit it. Yeah. Right. So we, that could happen and we could still have later down in a, in a season or two, Dinjarin stepping up, right. Accepting yeah. the call and realizing he has to take back the dark saber for Mandalore because yeah. Boba Fett's not doing what he should be doing with it. Cause I don't yeah. think Boba Fett has any interest in being the Mandalore. I don't think so either. I don't think so yeah. he wants to be his own boss, but like he knows the crime world. He doesn't know anything about like leading a nation. And they've just yeah. been doing so much work to prepare Dinjarin that it's like it seems yeah. kind of silly to cross their paths and like alienate Dinjarin over it. What could happen is that like Boba Fett, like Dinjarin sees the Mythosaur symbol on his like on Boba Fett's armor and is like, mm-hmm. how did you get this? And that yeah. leads him to like sort of find the Mythosaur. Maybe there's more that exists. 
like real mythosaur which would be right. wild or like some info to like his heritage and you know his clan and that drives him on his way um that could be another well it's right. also like maybe boba doesn't need to be mandalore but maybe he can wield the dark saber he can help unite he's an ally to the mandalorians um mm-hmm. yeah and helps them unite basically and i don't know it's Be cool he probably wouldn't leave yeah he probably wouldn't leave his crime empire i don't know i don't, I don't know, know why i don't know why he is in a crime empire that's another thing that's kind of jarring to me motivation wise because like after being with the tuscans like they don't live on much you know like they don't desire much yeah um, yeah. I think it's just what he knows. Like he knows the criminal underworld and he knows there's ways to do it without killing each other. Like there's way it's like a secondary market and he knows how to make money and everyone can make money and still help people and be, you know, just a secondary market without killing each other all the time because he's seen it, you know, from the right. inside. You've seen the so blood. It's like, go with what you know. oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's that Venn diagram um, yeah. that like right. Buell uses and it's sort of like what are you good at oh no Scott Snook it's Scott Snook's Venn diagram where it's like what are you good at what do you like doing and what can you make money doing and for him it's in the criminal criminal underworld it's always that third one that's the trick yeah that's the trick <laughs> so I'm like at and like doing I'm good at funny things I can't make money at it yeah doing what you like and what you're good at it's, it's tough to find well with that little smidgen of Harvard Business School knowledge. <laughs> Here's your lesson for the night. Yeah, and your lesson for the night. Um, go forth into the world and rejoice when it is Wednesday because we get Book of Boba Fett episode six, and it's going to penultimate episode. Penultimate, which always sometimes the penultimates are better than the ultimate episodes. Yeah. So, um, Any guesses? Wild guesses before we sign off. I got. I got nothing. <laughs> I think a lot of what we said, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I already said it. I think we're going to see Grogu in the first half of the next episode. He's going to come back. And then um, then I think second half of the episode, we're going to see that some new characters that Fennec Shan has brought in in addition to the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think we're going to get I think we're going to get I think it's good. The first two thirds to three fourths of the episodes can be a very workman like episode, setting a lot of the pieces in place with yeah. the pikes. And I feel like we're going to get the last part of it's going to be. A lot of like, well, can't wait for next week, right? A lot of like, here's here's the team that Fennec Shand has put together, and so and you know maybe Black Chrysanthemum has put together. I keep forgetting that he is now part of the team. He's part of the team. Yeah, he's the best part of the team, Adam. Yeah, I cannot wait. I have to imagine this is going to go the way of crime films, gangster films of the past, where they are going to stage a kind of. Um, fight against the pikes, bring the fight to the pikes, maybe. Yep. Um, meet them in the field head on, win. But then I think there might be an attack at Jabba's palace. Like there might be something that hits at the heart of like mm-hmm. uh, infiltration of Jabba's palace because that palace is beautiful, and I would love an, an a, like a long fight through the palace because I think mm-hmm. yeah, there could be a That'd lot be of awesome. payoff there with a lot yeah. of. Especially, especially the Rancor in play and whatnot. Oh, right. We have to see Boba on a Rancor, too. Yep. Yeah. Which isn't a mythosaur, but, like, are we going to split hairs here? <laughs> no, but if we have, like, if we have, yeah, like, that would be amazing. And, God, and I forgot Grant, they, like, they teased I Boba on a Rancor. Like, that's going to happen. We're going to get Rancor. I also love this idea because they've done so much work in the last few episodes of actually, like, 
showing the geography of Jabba's palace that you could do a long tracking, like a hallway yeah. fight, basically throughout multiple sure. of these rooms, like through, through the kitchen, yeah. through everything we've seen. You know, yeah. yeah. Turns out that um, butcher droid we missed this last episode was oh, right. um, was actually in episode two. Yeah, he's on the he was on the was he on the um the cru- the cruiser that uh, Padme and Anakin yeah. take to Naboo? That's correct. It's the yeah, one that like right. hurled the racist slur at uh at R2. R2-D2. Yeah, they also make some great don't pancakes serve your in, that, in that scene. What's that? There's some like <laughs> solid pancake making in that scene. Mm, yep, enjoyed mm, pancakes. pancakes. I love that movie. <laughs> um, rad. All right. Well, we'll do it next week. Thanks very much for listening to us this week again. Sorry for the late release. Hope you get a chance to listen to this because this episode was the bomb. It was so wizard, Annie. Um, and then uh, yeah. We'll do this again next week, and we're trying to get as close to Wednesday as we can, but yeah. uh, sometimes it's not till Friday. Or you know, Sunday. Everyone's doing their best. Yeah, or, yeah. or Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Stuff happens. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hope you're all healthy and well uh, and enjoying the galaxy far, far away. We'll talk to you next week. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.